And now, got it. Well, 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 well. Here we are again, recording this thing that people like for some reason. Uh, I love it. Actually, it's very weird, very strange, really. In fact, we need to let us know. What issues are you going through in your life or what traumas uh, from your childhood that have you gravitating towards us? What is it? Where did, where, where did it go wrong? Anyway, um, look, uh, me, I told you guys, I'm no longer getting sad at uh, these things. So I will announce them as if they are any old thing that's happening. So, um, hey. Um, some sad news this week. Um, we lost some artists and that's, uh, happening too regularly at the moment. Um, so yeah, just wanted to share that with you guys and let you know that we are aware that we have lost some people. And uh, we want to try and remember them in the best way possible. But whew, it's tough. I think we'll start, we'll start with... Ain't tough. It's not tough with, for me the no less more. tragic... This, 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 this was just as tough. It shocked me because I was such a big fan of him. But at least he didn't die on stage. And whoo, that was painful. That was rough. Let's go then. Karaoke. This makes it so hard for crims because you know the delay. But anyway, let's go. Well, I'm in a day from the love you see. I came back to let you know. Got a thing for you, and I can't let go. Have you ever sent this song to the babe? I have not, but I should. Do for love. You tried everything, but you don't give up. What you do? How many times do you think this song has been sampled? Oh, a substantial amount. A substantial amount. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he, he owns a substantial amount of Tupac's catalog. <laughs> well, rather owned. How old were you when you found out you you wasn't black? An embarrassingly old age. <laughs> <laughs> An embarrassingly old age. Uh, yeah, this man, song so. this song has been sampled in eighty six songs. At least we know one thing for sure: Mr. Caldwell did not die a pauper. Yeah. That is nice. That, that, that is, that, that, that's, that's nice. That's a nice. Well, hopefully no one is stealing his publishing, but yo, that is a nice cash. So yes, for those of you who don't know, um, Robert Caldwell, aka Bobby Caldwell, um, passed away in his wife's arms um, last night. Um, news rocked social media. Which is really tough. Um, but yeah, 
that it sadly is a precursor to even more. It's not tough for me. Um, this stuff doesn't bother me anymore, Phil. I don't even notice okay. it. I'm just sitting here. Fair enough. Fair it's, enough. So last weekend was a big EDM event, um, global brand, um, Ultra. They had their Johannesburg edition. And at Ultra, uh, one of the artists on the lineup happened to be Costa Titch. And I got this news because I can't remember. I, I remember I got a call and then I got the news and I was so shell-shocked. I, like I forwarded the first message into the, the Patreon group. Um, and I think it was, it was pretty early actually. And the message literally just was, yo, there's a dark cloud over South Africa. We need to pray. And I'd, I called the person to get clarification. And I was like, yo, are you sure? And they, this was someone very close to the situation. They were like, yeah, um, pretty sure. And sadly, God news, Costa Titch died on stage. Um, I'm not going to delve into the speculation as to the cause of death. The family has not released it. So I'm going to respect their wishes uh, and, and not discuss that. But there sadly has been footage because he died on stage or whatever instigated his demise um, started on stage. You, you see him performing a song, um, falling to the ground, um, standing back up, being uh, holding on to one of his dances and then collapsing again, falling off stage. And then I mean, that was that. Um, and that's, sorry, that's sad, man. That's really sad. Um, obviously, it's, it's tragic because he, he was a kid, man. He was 27. That, that's one thing. Even more tragic is literally three weeks ago, well, well, now a month now, he had announced that he signed to Akon and Convict Music. So, and they released the um, Big Flexer remix. And I, I can't even laugh at, at Akon looking like the outdated, out of rhythm old uncle trying to do the dance in the video because there's not tragic circumstances around it. But yeah, man, that it's doubly tragic. It's doubly tragic. So the thing is, it's not yeah. like we had gotten over. It was literally one month ago when AKA died. So it, it, it just feels like it's one after the other, after the other, after the other. Um, and I know this, is, this seems like such an obvious thing, but everyone on that Nkalakata remix is gone. Yeah. And Ricky Rick, AKA Kostatich. And you know what the sad thing is? Because it's, it's an ongoing theme with this podcast. I remember the day we recorded the podcast, Dan. And I was so excited because Hip Hop AKA was back on that remix. Yeah. And I was, I was like, yo, <laughs> Hip Hop AKA is back. That's what he can do. And now everyone is gone. And that's, that's sad, man. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to Nevo, bro. He's lost two of his clients in a month. Can you imagine how tragic that is? Yeah, <clears throat> you can make another plan business-wise. Thoughts and prayers as well to his family. No, no, I'm not. I'm talking about, dude. I'm just talking about so people, as, people that you work someone, closely with. Yeah, not even that. I don't think people like with artist management. It the relationship there stretches far beyond client service provider to manage an artist. You literally have to become their big bro, their confidant, their business partner. It's it it's it crosses the line of just a simple business relationship. So there's no way a 
death doesn't affect you emotionally out beyond just the business aspect. And to me, that's yeah. really, that's really saddening. So I'm hoping it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. I think, yeah, I think we'll play tribute to him at the end. Um, we'll do like some, some Costas did songs. But, uh, ooh, the show must go on. Show must go on. Can I pick up the mood? Mm-hmm. Can we pick up the mood? Can we pick up the mood? Can we pick up the mood? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What can we do to pick up the mood? What can I play? What should I go to today, Dan? What should I go to today? I have our classic meme ready, if you're not ready, Phil. Uh, no, I'm ready. Me, I'm, me I'm and the patrons are ready because this one's coming through from the patrons. <laughs> In fact, no, I'll save this. I'll save this for the end of the show. Uh, yeah. Give us the meme. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, all right. So this one came through from... Okay. From one of our patrons whose name I haven't saved. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Wow. But this wow, wow, wee, wow. This one is the classical meme. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Right now we are in Woolworths and uh, we are going outside the exit of Woolworths. Right, my daughter. Yo, oh, but you know what I'm talking that's about. That's some James Wall. That's just amazing. That is an amazing wall. This is amazing. I can't believe this. Oh, it's a lot I can't of time. So, if you are wondering what that is, long story short, uh, it's these guys were filming a skit, a uh, group of four guys. I can give you their Twitter handles just so, so we can give them their, their proper flowers. At Mosbadele, at Maboko Tumelang, at Homo Lemon, at underscore Sinkila. These four guys were just shooting their skit that went absolutely viral. It's it uh, it um, uh, spawned the Woolies Water Challenge. They basically the whole concept of the skit was they walked into Woolies. Uh, they were um, somewhat uh, um, what's the right word? I think the word that has been used in Zimbabwean discourse is gouache, and I believe we've referred to that word before. So uh, go back a couple of episodes if you're wondering what I mean by that. And then they drink this water and then they become Salah. Of course, there's all kinds of undertones behind this. But hey, it's a couple of young guys making a skit. They're trying to get jokes and people laughed at it. It became a viral challenge. Uh, back, this is back in March 2019, specifically March the 10th, 2019. So uh, just a week ago, it was the anniversary of this. And people were remembering, hey, like literally four years ago, this was a viral moment. Um, I wonder... I wonder if Woolworths thought about jumping onto this trend and then they were like, ah, hey, they kind of did with their social media posting, mm. but they didn't, they didn't do like a full campaign, but they did allude to it. And sadly, because Dan doesn't care about our patrons, but I do. That was say, shared by Tendaishe. Tendaishe also runs an amazing uh, bespoke uh, luxury bakery called Tassa Bakes. That's T-A-S-A-B-A-K-E-S. If you guys are in the 305 area, that is Miami, Florida. Please hear her up. She's got some incredible. I'm scrolling through the page now. It's just some lovely collectibles. Um, hey, what when, up, Tessa when are you sending? When are you sending us some of these here for, for a, a live on-air review? Eh? 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 Come on, get your act together, please. Sha. 
dude, yo, this, this, okay, this, this is distracting. Yo, this is some nice kicks. Anyway, look, Tessa Bakes. Uh, uh, no offense to you, but uh, my wife also runs a page. It's called Essentially Cakes, and recently she's she's restarted her baking experiments. Home is fun. Home is fun. I'll tell you that. Mm, uh, yeah, because you've sent me so many cakes. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. I have not, but I will do so. Babes, babes. Phil says, next time you bake, can I have some? Phil says, next time you bake, can I have some? Go to hell, you said. She said. (laughs) (laughs) You're a bastard. (laughs) She says, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, please go follow Especially Cakes if you like baking. Um, okay, there we go. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to to uh, Tessa Bakes for coming through with uh, um, that reminder of a classic meme from four years ago. Somewhat classic, yeah. And shout out to those guys for coming up with something funny. You know, you know, Phil. You once said, like, don't you think it's a bit of a burden to know a lot because you can no longer just enjoy this without thinking about. The reason it's funny is because the perception of being, you know, African or quintessentially or uh, uh, stereotypically African is viewed as being of lower class. Than, you know what I mean? Like this whole, it, it really is a burden because, man, you, sometimes you just laugh at things without thinking. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a woke virus, honestly, you know? You, you actually just you actually just reminded me of something, and I, and I asked us to discuss it, but we'll come back to it later. Did you see that video of the the woman's brain malfunctioning when she just asked, "Yo, please define woke." All right, we'll come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? Did you well, see that video? I did see that video. I know exactly. What you're doing. <laughs> we clearly, we clearly have similar similar timelines. Overloading, 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 crashing, crashing. All right, all right, all right, but we gotta, we, we, Philip, Philip, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta increase the energy on the show. Shout out to all you listeners because last week, Two Broke Twimbles was at the top of the charts. We want to make sure we keep the momentum going. Want to make sure the energy is at the top. So, with that being said, I gotta ask, are y'all good to go? Sound of thing, man. Welcome to another episode of Two Broke Twimbles. It's your boy Danny, that guy, aka Di- oh, I keep going back to the to the default one. It's your boy Danny, that guy, aka. What, what do I say, Philip? Please remind me. What's the first line? Um, oh my gosh. Ah, uh, thanks. Yeah, that's that's very useful. Thank you. It's your boy, Danny, that guy, a.k.a. Danos the Mad Titan, a.k.a. Denford Wigumaraini, a.k.a. Denim Be My Life, Your Entertainment, a.k.a. I'm done with these streets. Mom, am I running in the primaries? Is everyone running in the primaries? Are you, are you running in the primaries, Phil? Are we going to be... I, 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 I've applied. 
Let's do it, bro. Let's do it. Everett, I think all, all you need, all you need is Microsoft Paint and Auto Paint. <laughs> you don't even have to, you don't even have to register. The Zanu PF won't even know you are a member. You just register. You just, what are you Welcome to another episode. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're going to the unmistakable, the irrefutable, the unquestionable, the very wokeable, that you won't catch me slippable, aka Phil Chard. No, it. Yeah, Phil Chard, aka Phil Chard, lost the big boss, baby. AKA Vita B. AKA Sentinel Lovu, aka DJ Mkaradi, aka Filthy Phil, aka. Wait, let's see. We've, we've got a listener. We've got a listener. Ah, uh, no, he's taking too long to connect. You won't be able to finish it. Anyway. Welcome back to another episode of Two Broke Twimbos. And we're immediately joined by the, the, the leader of the nerd squad. The leader of derivatives. Mm? The the leader of leveraged buyouts. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are we doing all? Are you all good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, you know what? We're happy to have you here and we're going to ask you a couple of questions just a second, but I'm going to finish Zimbabweans doing it big quickly because we have some questions for you, okay? All good, all good. I'll mute myself while you'll do your thing. I know, I don't, you don't have to mute yourself, man. No, once you join, you're part of the podcast, bro. It's not three broke twimbos. We move. Um, as usual, we want to start the show with some Zimbabweans doing it big. Uh, positivity at the beginning of the show. You know what I'm saying? Just some positivity. So I want to shout out a couple of people. First of all, I want to shout out uh, a Zimbabwean award-winning creative who uh, is a poet, actress, model. Uh, she, uh, her name's Shazne Woods. She's been nominated for Best Female Achiever at the Africa Young Talent Achievers Awards. Those are going to be held in Ghana. So representing the country on the continent as a poet doing her thing. Congratulations to you, Shazne Woods. I read about her in the Newsday uh, newspaper from two, two, three days ago. Um, also, congratulations to uh, a young Zimbabwean who's only 15 years old making big waves out in Australia because there's a, a new uh, teenage drama series on an Australian television network called ABC Me. Um, and it is apparently becoming a big deal. It's called Turn Up the Volume, and uh, it's uh, a bunch of, you know, Australians. And our very own Ayana Ngube, who's only 15, who started doing her thing uh, in that particular drama and started getting noticed. So shout out to you uh, for representing again. And uh, finally, while we're on the topic, Ted Lasso started season three, episode one this week. So I want to shout out the Zimbabweans that are on Ted Lasso, which is probably uh, in my top three TV shows of all time. Not in terms of it being a good TV show, in terms of me enjoying it. What a great show, man. Uh, mm. uh, Tanaka Mandimika, who plays uh, Robbie Roberts, a forward for AFC Richmond in the show, as well as uh, Mary is, Roscoe, who uh, plays is he, is he the, Higgins, the, bus? the wife of Leslie Higgins. What's that? Is he, is he the one tapping the owner? Is he the one tapping the owner? No, no, no. That's a... <laughs> That's a defender. He's a defender. The one who's tapping the owner is not here. I, if it was him, Phil, I mean, you'd be Zimbabwean's doing it big every day. But no. Ah, I, 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 <laughs> for for fictional exploits. So so just just so we clear, just so we clear, Danai Gurira has defended the world against zombies. She's defended ah, the world against Thanos. She's defeated. Did, did you see that, <laughs> Doctor Uma with a gun? But she wasn't going to qualify. But see just for <laughs> tapping some white woman, no, this guy no. was going to be the did, weekly did, is about to doing a big. Did you my see, brother, what's going on, my brother? Did you did you see that TikTok about uh, 
our brother who's dating Phoebe Gates, Bill Gates' daughter. Yeah, that was that was desperate. That was also why why do you care what a teenager is doing? It involving yourself in a teenager's dating life is just weird. As an adult, I don't care who it is. This is weird to me. That's just weird behavior, you see, yo. You see, Phil, this is why we have, to go, we have to go back to this knowing too much problem. <laughs> remove all <laughs> no, of that. That's just, that's just no, weird. Remove all Plus of that. Also, do you know, even worse, no, but even worse, you're scrolling through a teenager's Instagram to see, this is every time he's posting with his babe. What are you screen shot? What's he safe? Then what's he catching on TikTok? You're overthinking, Philip. You're overthinking. Bill Gates' daughter, someone is, the guy who's the brother, our black brother who is dating Bill Gates' daughter, Shout out to you. That's all it is. Rima Racho, yes, it's true. It's weird and all of that. But oh, like, we're not thinking too much, you know. And that's the problem with knowing too much. You know what I'm saying? It's too hard. Mm. You can't even just laugh at simple things anymore. Anyway, before we get into what we want to talk about this week, just a quick reminder uh, about our favorite podcast other than this podcast uh, that we want to remind you about. And that one is called Private Affairs, uh, an award-winning fiction podcast, unlike this one, which is 100% fact. That one is a fiction podcast. But, but also award-winning. We're also award-winning. That is true. We are award-winning. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's two award-winning podcasts that are doing their thing. That one um, is a, a, a podcast that is out of Australia. It's about Zimbabweans dating in the diaspora, specifically Australia. Uh, if you, I promise you, it is worth the listen. It's fiction. It's very well produced and written and acted. Uh, each episode is only 20-something minutes long. Um, season two has just kicked. I think they're now on episode five on season two. Basically, group of friends doing their thing, and then we discover the problems within the group of friends, dating interracially. It's a lot going on. Uh, in recent episodes, there was flashbacks to what happened when things were like, uh, when, you know, when they were still back in Zim, and it was just giving me flashbacks to when I was in school. It's just a lot going on, and I would highly recommend it. You can check out Private Affairs Season 2 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else that you get podcasts. Go and check it out. Phil, you know what to do now. Sorry. Forgot, forgot. Let me let, let me bring it up here. Sam. This project has been assisted by the Australian government through the Australian Council for the Arts, its arts funding and advisory body. Yeah. So sorry, Christine. But yes. Uh, please go check out Private Affairs Podcast. If you haven't listened to season one <laughs> yet, you know, start you know, on the, season you know, one. The funny thing and is, then you go to season two. Mm. The, the best part of this is, and the fact that she keep, allows us to keep doing this is she has to send these ads. <laughs> To the board to account for how the ad money was spent. <laughs> so she has no choice. <laughs> Christine, you know what? You can get an AI but tool that can fix Phil's voice. <laughs> indeed. Um, I think one thing that's really hitting home is um, the depression and how real depression is. That that's that's literally what dealing with a depressive episode is like. Like what what's happening on the show. So it's kind of Triggering, I hate that word, it's overused, but it is kind of triggering, but also reflective because, yeah, it's, it's what I've been going through too, guys. It's tough, but you know, we still have to put on a brave face and go to work. <sighs> anyway, yeah, um, great writing on that show, great acting. The acting on that show is actually mm. really good, it really is. The like, especially like the last, last episode, there was um, a scene where there was a fight, and the actors are like stuttering. And like you can, you could actually hear the lip quivering the way a lip would quiver and someone would stutter like if they were upset in a fight. I was like, yo, like she really must have stubbed his toe. This is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, 
Don't well forget done. to shout, check shout, out Private shout Affairs out to the Podcast. Team. Hopefully we'll get a chance to, uh, to chat to the whole cast. But uh, yeah, go check yeah. out Private Affairs on anywhere you look for podcasts. And uh, if anyone asks you, Tubrook Tumbo sent you. Okay. There's a lot to talk about. But uh, let's start off with wondering, is the entire financial system of the globe on the brink of collapse? Well, to answer this question, we have someone who has Yay! never made a bad investment in his life. His name is Mr. Vincent Chatima. Don't put his business out there. Don't put his business out there. What if he does want people knowing that he's got money? <laughs> Vincent is one of our patrons. You know, after now, we'll be like, hey, 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 this one has cash. Let's find him. <laughs> if Vincent owes you money, please be assured that he has let us know that he has no problems with being liquid, having cash on hand. He has no mm-hmm. SPP. Please tell us. He's okay. got a very... He's got a very diverse portfolio. Not only is the checking, the savings, my treasury bills, long-term vested interest investments. Ah, he's got the whole swath. My I, man is diversified. More, more diverse than the Namas photos that have Dan in them. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you would like actually him to pay you back, you can specify whether you want it in uh, fiat currency, a uh, particular uh, cryptocurrency. I don't know. I don't know why you'd want that. Um, mm-hmm. So, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Vincent, for being here. Mr. Vincent, please correct me where I'm wrong. So, uh, the whole world's been talking about SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. I was like, what? Is that like a, is that like a, a euphemism for all the money in tech? Or is that a real bank? Well, turns out it's a real bank and they have no money. No, they had money, Dan. They just didn't. It was a prompt. For I'm just doing a prompt. I mean, that's why we brought a guest on. Of course, I am perfectly capable of explaining what happened with SVB because, as you know, I need to know a little bit about everything as a podcast host. But this is why we brought on a, an expert. So I have to look dumb so that he can look smart. That's the goal. I you do a great job. I don't want to look smart. You know what? I need you to You're look right, smart, Vincent. Uh, oh, man. So, like, this Silicon, Silicon Valley Bank. Didn't have anything to do with uh, plastic surgery. Wow. Yeah, I think the, the, the panic was loosely on Thursday, wasn't it? Like over the weekend. That's when everyone was panicking. When you say everyone, who do you mean specifically? Because I wasn't panicking. Yeah, well, America was panicking. We should actually, you mean, you know, isolated and say the American banking system was panicking. Jason, and it was mostly Jason over Calacanis Thursday to Saturday. So Silicon Valley Bank, which is America's what, 18th biggest bank, is that correct? Wow, is this I, think, wow. I think they were 16th at the time they 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 you know they were closed down because they've been there to fifteen billion in assets. So they're the sixteenth biggest bank. How much do you think uh, how much do you think Zimbabwe's biggest bank has in assets? <laughs> Negative. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, are, are we going to consider Bank ABC as Bowman Bank? Because Bank ABC has quite a big portfolio of assets. What, like what? what? Only Bank. I think I don't know what they would have in assets. Like, not, not, I don't think any of the Zim banks are actually liquid. Okay. Except right. Stuart. Stuart Bank might be a little bit that's liquid. But that's because it's, it ties to the strive and he's... Well, we, we digress. We digress. So, okay. So... <clears throat> Um, 
let me just give a, a brief like overview and then maybe we can discuss. So long story short, here's this bank that isn't generally used by the public. It's obviously used by uh, mostly tech startups. Um, what do they use the bank for? Do they use it to keep their money? Do they use it to borrow? Do they use it uh, for investments? What's like the purpose of the bank for these tech startups? It was to keep their money. That's what, so basically when investors would give them money and they needed somewhere to put it, they were, they were, the investors would suggest Silicon Valley Bank. And most of them suggested Silicon Valley Bank because of uh, Peter Thiel. Because mm. that's where he kept all his money from his, his startups and investments. He, yeah, I think he was him. He knew the, the guy, the founder of Silicon Valley Bank. He was his buddy. So he was like, yeah, we put our money in there. So when he ever had, because uh, he, he has a, um, what's it called? A venture capital firm, one of the most well-known ones in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. So whenever guys would do venture capital raising, they'd go to him and he'd be like, okay, if you're going to use me as a venture capitalist, you're going to put your money in that, in that bank. So that ecosystem all work together. So here's the situation so, where this uh, bank exists, right? Silicon Valley Bank. There's a ton of startups and tech companies that are keeping their millions and billions of dollars within Silicon Valley Bank. Now, some years ago, the, the, the guys at Silicon Valley are like, you know what? Just like any other bank, we need to make investments. We need to take the money that we have of people's and put it into different things, et cetera, et cetera. They decided to use some long-term investments with um, low interest rates. Meanwhile, because of COVID and all the problems that came out with the economy, the U.S. raises interest rates. So all of a sudden, all those investments that they had made uh, before all this happened were, turned out to not be good investments. And they were locked in because they were long-term investments. Am I right so far? Kind of, I wouldn't say they turned into bad investments. They were still good investments <laughs> if you're going to carry them to term. Yeah, uh-huh. Where they started having issues was because they they invested these when they were low interest rates and they were long-term when guys were coming to them and saying, Hey, can I get a bit more of my money? They were now like, ah, okay. These, the long-term investors we have, we have to sell them off in the market now. Hmm. For and as a big bank, cents on the dollar. you don't mark to market those investments because you're a bank. You tend to keep them at, uh, you value them at the, what you bought them. You never mark to market them. With, if you were an investment bank, you'd usually always mark, mark to market those every day. So you'd know they were losing value. And your investors would know, your shareholders would know they were losing value. Silicon Valley Bank, being a big bank, they held those on their balance sheet at what we would call an inflated price. Mm. Especially because Fed was raising interest rates now. So now when they go into the market and be like, oh, we just want to sell a couple of them so we can give people their money. That spooks their shareholders and they're like, hey, 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 what's going on? Why are you guys selling these assets? They're like, no, 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 look, we're just selling just a bit just to stay a bit liquid. But of course, that started raising alarm flags. And I think it was on Tuesday, they had to sell off another big batch of their loans and they took about a 25 bill loss on that sale. Small, small Sorry, change. Please say that, say, say that again in, in normal people speak. They took a what now? <laughs> uh, how much? It was how much? Of how much? Of how much? Small, small. How much? 25. 25? 25, 25 bond. Bond. RTGS. RTGS. <laughs> Green back. 
So, cor- correct me if I'm Guys. wrong. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong here, Vincent. The the biggest error, I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of small errors in how some things were done, but the biggest error was in the communication of what's going on because that spooked everyone who had their money in the bank. Yeah, two sides. There's a, it's them not managing their risk appropriately and then the communication. Why didn't the, so, the, the risk management officer handle it? It's almost like they didn't have one. Yeah, look, Silicon Valley Bank, also, that's, that's the problem with the American bank system, especially with the smaller banks, right? Because those they would call that a mid-sized bank. They were deregulated uh, just, when was it, um, during Trump's reign. Two years ago, when he, when he deregulated the Dodge Act, it's all Trump's fault, you say? So usually a bank would have to, like most international banks would never face the issue Silicon Valley Bank faced because they all have to follow this called Basel III rulings where depending on number, how many deposits you have, you have to have enough liquidity to pay back those deposits. But in the States, that's not quite it. They're allowed to be a bit more risky. But I go back to the question, why didn't the risk management officer handle it? Yeah, he thought it was all right. He lived in a long, look, think about how many, uh, for the States, you had low interest rate environment for what, the past 20 years? So they, they all thought that ah, this thing's going to carry on. So they, that's why they kept it in low interest rate bonds as opposed to you know, diversifying and making sure that they, they have more liquid funds. Hmm. Okay, so, um, well, to to be fair, I, I was I just kept on making reference to the fact that they didn't have a chief risk officer. Um, so okay, so here's the situation: everyone now panics. Peter Thiel is one of the ones who is foremost to blame because he's like grab everything, and and it's it's like it's like the it's like it's like that Simpsons clip that's been circulating. Um, if you if everyone loses faith in a banking system, the banking system collapse because it is inherently based on faith and trust. So I give you my money and I trust that I can get it whenever I want. The moment I feel that I can't get it whenever I want, I don't trust you anymore. I want my money now. And yeah, that, that causes problems. Uh, naturally, everyone made a run. People tried to withdraw their money. And I think it took two days from Thursday, Friday, by the end of Friday, Essentially, the bank was on the brink of collapse and the feds had to swoop in. So how does that affect the rest of America and the world? Because we're talking about tech bros, bro. Aren't we talking about like, oh, no. Uh, PayPal's not going to be able to buy, you know, artisanal coffee for their offices anymore. That sucks. Yeah. That's what, that was more the network effect of it, right? Because then after they started, because I mean, you know, the banks were all, the share prices were all taking a bit of a hit the last quarter. Ooh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Yeah, yeah, loud and clear, here, man. Loud and clear. So every, all the financial were taking a bit of a hit. Well, tech was already taking a hit. And then financial started taking a hit in the last quarter as well. And so when this, everyone was hearing, oh, geez, one bank was going down. Everyone else started being like, especially with the mid-sized banks, they started being like, hey, the share price looks weird. Um, do they have the same problem as Silicon Valley Bank? 
So everyone started just, you know, raging on the mid-sized cap uh, banks. And then I think Sentinel also started going down in, I think on Saturday or Sunday. That's another one that the Fed took over. So after two banks go down, that's when a bit of panic starts saying, is this 2008 happening again? Yeah, I remember 2008. Yellow Sadza. Ish. Yeah, no, tough times. I think like 12 banks that went down in one day. It was crazy. Yeah, soya beans. <laughs> That's when the, the, the Fed was like, okay, look, we're actually going to guarantee depositors deposits now properly. Because the, the weird thing in, in the States, they don't guarantee, I think, no, 250K was the cap. Is deposits that are guaranteed by the Federal Reserve. Whereas every house in the world, most central banks guarantee everyone's bank deposits. In Zimbabwe, we have the Deposit Protection Corporation that guarantees your deposits. Yeah. So that's why you wouldn't get massive bank runs in most other parts of the world. So if, yeah, like, I mean, if you have $3 billion in your account or something, you, you'll be fine. The government will sort it out for you. <laughs> Dan, sar- Dan sarcasm aside, I do understand, but there, there, there is a facility available to certain banks where I forget the name of it. I read about it earlier this week where you can actually ensure beyond that um, most large banks do provide it. Um, so they do ensure depositive uh, depositors funds beyond the 250,000, but um, it's an opt-in. obviously the, the other thing we need to get to is the fact that um, the, the, I know, I think some, some of them you, you automatically um, qualify. Um, but obviously all this was raging during the weekend, which was good and bad because um, America, much like Zimbabwe, per weekend, my bags are shandy. So everyone is panicking, but the share price is, is locked. Plus, they had stopped trading on Friday anyway. Um, and before the markets opened in Japan, um, President Biden stepped in and said they, they're going to guarantee all the depositors' funds. However, my shareholders... Um and my executives which I think is good because yeah because I don't know if you big whales uh, is it big whales the, the 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 Twitter account that has been exposing some shady stuff on the Wall Street for quite some time now they they looked into some trades and they noticed that the CFO the CEO um and some other major shareholders and C-suite executives as early as January and February started selling off large chunks of their their shares in the bank. Um, and this was also a few weeks after an article, I think came out in the Financial Times. I was like, hey guys, you might want to pay attention to Silicon Valley Bank because they might be over leveraged. Yeah. But isn't that part of the reason why Peter Thiel and his cohort were like, nah guys, let's take our money out because these guys are moving a bit dirty. Like, it's not clear. But th- that's the other thing that I, I, I'm still failing to understand is, as you've described, Silicon Valley Bank, for the most part, is I am Phil. I do Series A round of, of, of funding. And Dan, who's the biggest um, uh, VC on the block, gives me $2 million in cash, right? I, I, however, have a four-man team. I don't need the $2 million then and there. I just need to manage my overheads and increase my runway so that I can get to the next round of funding or when whatever I'm building becomes a profitable venture. I, I put that money in a bank for the simple reason I need access to it 
in drips and drabs. I, I don't need access to it in a lump sum. Why then would a bank whose majority, as you just mentioned, Peter Thiel, one of their biggest clients and the founders fund uh, that Peter Thiel runs is a VC firm that just gives people lump sums of cash to grow their, their platforms and their business ideas. Why then are they investing in treasury bills that take 10 years to mature when the vast makeup of their clientele will have burnt through their funding in a few years? Make it make sense. That we would never know. Like it was clearly part of the strategy. You put low interest rates. It's safe. My guys aren't ever going to come for a large majority of the amounts. As you say, they would want it in drips and drabs. So he thought, yeah, the interest, the interest I get from these low interest, whatever bonds, treasuries, can cover me month to month, whatever I'm needing. That interest payment is going to cover me. So the rest is good. They can stay there. It was definitely poor, like, uh, risk management. Like, that's what it was. So here's another question. So let's say, let's say I've now made that business decision. In retrospect, it seems uh, risky, but let's say at the time, it makes sound sense. Yo, I'm, inve- I'm investing in T-bills, some of the, the most secure and stable financial instruments um, available. I'm, I'm going to eat the, the yield of the interest. Then the Fed ra- raises the, the rates. What was stopping the bank leadership from going hat in hand to the Fed and saying, hey, guys, we made these investments. This is the logic behind our investments. You guys have raised interest rates unexpectedly. It kind of throws us into a a very dangerous position. Can you please help us and cover our backs just in case we become cash strapped? Why didn't they do that? I think that's a pride thing. uh... That's a what? When you're talking about billions of dollars, guys, pride, a personal pride. That's where there's pride now. When they want 10 grammar, million, those ones who come out and say, hey, can we get help? Millionaires are like, I'm too proud. If I made a decision, I'm right. I'm going to ride this out. <laughs> so That is wild. You, you, you is know, wild. I'm always conscious that, you, you know, Phil, we have, a, we have a diverse audience. You know, we have... Um, uh, an audience that uh, watches Bloomberg updates daily. And we have an audience that watches mm. Love Island. Um, mm. You know, we love them all equally. So I'd like mm-hmm. to take this moment. Team Shaq over here, Team Shaq. Woo-hoo. I'd like to take this moment to address uh, some of our audience who are, whose eyes may have glazed over in the past. Few ah, they minutes. stopped listening. They are gone, Ted. This episode <laughs> is a wash. What about I? <laughs> Please come back. Um, I'm going to summarize what we've discussed. All right. Um, long story short, those rich guys, probably white bros, you were hoping to marry later on in life, despite them being white, because then it makes your life easy. Life's a bit tough for them at the moment. Oh. Um, bank go bye-bye. Um, a lot of people are very worried because, you know, as much as the, the institutions that we've grown accustomed to over years seem like they are, they are rock solid, Turns out that they're not, you know, the financial institutions, uh, uh, not as solid as they look. Judicial institutions, ha, don't make me laugh. Political, listen, um, there's solid, liquid, gas, whatever the next form of matter in the, along that scale after gas is. That's what we're looking at when we say political. So long story short, uh, my one, 
and uh, uh, that's why a lot of people are like, no. And that's why we're like, no. It's like, uh, that's, I just wanted to address you guys. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, been a, it's been an interesting week for those peeps. It's been... You guys whose eyes had glazed over, don't go anywhere. I have some exciting news because the next thing we're going to talk about is gowns, glitz, and glamour. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast for you guys. <laughs> don't go. Come back, guys. Come back. <laughs> Those of you who are interested no. in uh, the nerdy discussions, stick around because there's more coming for you after that. Oh, man. Phil, coming up in our show mm. today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, serious, serious question, Vince. Before you go, before you go, uh, let's contextualize this to people in the region. In the region, load shedding is hitting us hard. Productivity is at an all-time low. It looks like interest rates are going to go up in South Africa as well. What should people be looking out for? What's the one tip you'd give to someone in Southern Africa right now with the climate the way it is? Really? Like, there's nothing you can do in South Africa. Just keep your money safe. And, uh, if you're going to invest, um, honestly, just put it in an, what, you, what you call them. Um, Forex account. Forex trading, Bit, Bitcoin. Well, in Zimbabwe, find an indexed foreign, foreign currency dominated account. Mm. Stash it in there. Mm. Forget about it. Don't try and play in the risky game because you will get burnt. Your you, tech was getting burnt for billions. I, I just did a. You heard I just did first. A, <laughs> Vincent said, "Invest in forex trading. Forex trading on Instagram." Dio. <laughs> I just did a quick Google. I just did a quick Google to see like if there are any African tech startups that have been affected by SVB, and I came across this I, uh, this headline which describes an African tech startup that was financed by FTX and banked with SVB. Wow. (laughs) Talk about a one-two. Talk about a one-two. Yo! (laughs) It's called Chipper Cash. (laughs) Ah, you know what would be even worse? You know what would know be like the, the actual absolute death knell? <laughs> uh, if, my, if, if my man gave a controlling stake of shares to SBF, like, yo, <laughs> Sam Bagman Free owns 51% of my company. <laughs> wow. That is harsh. That is harsh. Yo. Chipper cash. Anyway. Very interesting. Mm. Anyway, uh, right. thank yeah, you, Vincent, for coming on and giving us your insights. Much appreciated. Hey, just a reminder to everyone, if you're listening, if you feel that you can explain better or you have more knowledge, well, the difference between you and Vincent is that he's a patron subscriber. So, so that's why I'm here. Become a patron. Become a patron. You had it first. Mm. <laughs> While you are here, is the patron group worth it? Is it worth your monies? <laughs> no, yeah, I really enjoy it. The discussions in there are awesome. Dope. Like, there are dope people in there. Like, it's... It's a good thing. It's, it's, it's always either very thought provoking or cuck hilarious. So it's like, this, it's like the podcast. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank you, my man. <laughs> nice on Vincent. Ah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, shout out to our, our listeners and our Patreons, our patrons, Patreon subscribers. Just a reminder it only costs $5 a month. Um, and you can join our WhatsApp group 
Um, uh, we'll also give you like first access to all kinds of things. And hey, once in a while, you can join us on the show, just like Vincent did over here, because he felt like, hey, I can give you guys some insight on this uh, SVB situation. Okay, next thing to talk about. One of the big things that happened uh, this past weekend was the Oscars, uh, the Academy Awards for uh, movies uh, and uh, film. And uh, there's a, a lot of talking points, but you know what, Phil? I think there's only two that I wanted to focus on. There are there really a lot of talking points? I tried watching them. Yo, I've never been so bored. I was bored. I watched Jimmy Kimmel's opening monologue. And I was unmoved, but at least it wasn't bad. It was just, it existed. And um, I then watched Rihanna's performance. Yeah, let's talk about that. 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 Well, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about Rihanna's performance? I don't want to talk about Phil. There's two things I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about Rihanna. I want to talk about what I said was the best movie of 2022, sweeping at the Oscars. No, no, no. no. Let's talk, let's talk. Let's talk about Riri, Riri, super preggy. Huh? With the song right there, front and center, wearing wearing a cumulonimbus cloud for a dress, blocking that's, out everyone's that's view. That's the second thing I want to talk about. Um, and she was there. Leave me um, <laughs> Look, the only thing I can use to describe it is this. Crazy things are happening. You need somebody's grace. You I was watching it and remember like, what did I say about Rihanna performances the last time we were on the podcast? I think I said, we know what Rihanna comes for and it's not to, to give us pristine, crystal clear vocals. You know what I mean? That's not what she comes for. She doesn't come to dance either or to perform energetically Or really to show charisma on stage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's to mm-hmm. remind us. I now remember what Keep, it was. It's to remind us that digging. she made an amazing studio hit song. Except mm. Lift Me Up wasn't that. It's to remind us that of the beauty of the human body in being able to reproduce mm. and mm. pass life on to a young one. Mm. That, Speaking on a king. That's what it was all about. <laughs> so anyway, it, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't a good performance, but it was also expected. I mean, that's the Rihanna I know, but what, what, what I found interesting and wild is this is what the Oscars bet on. They were like, yo, we're going to get Rihanna to perform. It's going to get our ratings up. And looking at the numbers, it looked like it worked. But then you've also got Thames, who, the thing is, when you're a songwriter and a performer, mm. you, it must hurt because that's your baby. Mm. And you're like, I've given my baby to someone else. And I don't know if they're looking after my baby the right way. <laughs> we'll, talk about, like, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Thames. Actually, let's talk about about Thames because I think that's a I saw I saw a lot of debate about it 
And I think it was which a, is point. Do you know? It's not point. No, I mean, it's and, interesting. Let me read the picture before we get into it. For here's the, okay, here's the let's, thing. let's do it. Let's do it. Thames was at the Oscars because, as we've already discussed, she was nominated uh, for soundtrack. Uh, Lift me up, and she was sitting in this dress that someone described as a cloud. It was basically a huge dress that covered up, you know, that that blocked the view of not one but at least three to four people behind her. So there were a lot of uh, pictures that were going around of people trying to lean around her, trying to see the stage, et cetera, et cetera, because they couldn't see it. So a lot of people felt that this was extremely inconsiderate because this is an awards show. Everyone wants to see the stage. Yes, we get it. You have a dress for the red carpet, but you must also consider that at some point you're going to sit down and people are going to try and see the stage. And if you have a huge dress that's blocking people, they won't be able to see it. Other people were saying in the meantime, eh, you guys were, you should be grateful that you were in the vicinity of Thames or, hey, how come you didn't complain when Lady Gaga did it? Or, um, listen, Thames and everyone else at the Oscars would have had a full dress rehearsal the day before the Oscars. And if there was a problem with the dress, it would have been brought up. That means everyone was cool with it. So why are you guys complaining? There's no full dress rehearsal for someone in the audience. Are you guys mad? So here's my thoughts. I always want to hesitate criticizing my black queens. You know, we love the black queens. But I also want to call it as I see it. I do think that there is value in being considerate. And I also think that the culture of today, the pop culture, the social media culture of today, glamorizes, forget everyone else, put yourself first, be a boss bee, et cetera, et cetera. And it's almost viewed as cool to be inconsiderate. And I think being considerate is a good thing. I think that's a good, I, I feel like if we lose that, um, it, it, it makes life more difficult for all of us. If everyone just cares about, listen, I just must look good. I don't care about everyone else. I think that's not cool. Uh, I don't think it's a huge crime. I don't think she's donkey of the day or heck man, she must, she must be roasted or whatever. But I do think it was inconsiderate. So I don't view it as a crime or a sin. I do view it as being a little bit inconsiderate. And hey, if you are going to be going to a place where you know that there's other people around you that are going to be watching the same thing you're watching, it is considerate to not do things to block their view, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't believe she should be attacked for it. I don't believe that it's a big deal. It's just, hey, be considerate. Maybe next time wear something that will, maybe, maybe have a detachable collar or something like that that's my opinion on it what do you think so i think like everything you just said um just be considerate if you're going to be in an auditorium where people are sitting behind you and they need to actually watch the show and it's not a table situation like it was at the grammys i don't understand like for the red carpet that dress was lovely beautiful 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 dress for beautiful, for ten, beautiful woman. For for sitting for sitting in a seat to watch an awards show, terrible. It's like you might as well just go on with a giant church hat with peacock. Like just you know sit I mean? there with your like, umbrella, you know. Yeah, you know I mean, because yeah, no, and I'm no, I'm noticing. Well, it's 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 nothing new, but I do think that. With social media, it just gives a rise to a lack of logic 
and it gets lumped in with everything else. Because, because you love black women, because you support black women, because you're a fan of this artist, it's very difficult to just say, but, uh, but maybe they did something wrong, which is a very simple thing to say. I mean, it's not a hard thing to say. It's very easy to say, hey, maybe you should have done this differently. And I don't understand what's wrong with that. Thames looked lovely. I mean, she she deserved to be there. Her song was being performed by Rihanna. It's become one of the biggest songs attached to one of the biggest movies of of the past year. By all means, be celebrated, Queen. But why are you blocking people's view? And, and I think that's where it ends. <laughs> How I dare mean, you, Phil? How dare you, white supremacist? That's the problem, so, you see. <laughs> That, that moves us on to the next thing, which is, so early on in the awards, if you watch them, there was the, the category of best supporting actress. Mm-hmm. Um, this was hardly contested, but a lot of people in our circles were looking forward to seeing um, a black woman win it. Uh, because uh, obviously we loved Wakanda. We love Wakanda forever. Um, but- Even aside from loving it, like Angela Bassett acted like she acted, acted. You don't think so? I, Angela Bassett is an amazing actress. I, I think she definitely got robbed for Love's got, What's Love Got to Do With It. She's had incredible performances in... Oh, damn. Why is my brain off? Wait, what's the movie where she burns the guy's stuff in his car? I don't know. Uh, waiting to Exhale. There we go. She's had amazing performances in that. I, I believe those are overlooked. In this one, if we're going up against Michelle Yeoh. She wasn't going up against Michelle Yeoh. She was going up against... Um, oh, sorry. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis had sausage hands and maybe believed she fell in love. I mean, she was playing the <laughs> piano with her feet, Dan. No, I'm sorry, Phil. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Wait. This is Best Supporting Actress. Now, Jamie Lee Curtis mm. is an incredible actor. I remember when I was watching so, every, Everything Everywhere All at Once, I was like, damn, they got Jamie Lee Curtis in this? Damn. I, and, and I knew it was going to be a good movie because she's such a good actress. Um, so, okay, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> but if we are looking at in terms of, in, in fact, let me not even take, a, take away from that movie. She, she did act a lot of ridiculous, insane almost loony scenes and make them believable and make us invested. So I have to give her props. However, I find it difficult to view that as a very serious acting role. Cause like you said, she had sausage fingers and sausage toes. That's the drama. That's the drama. So anyway, she was I, 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 I'm, I'm being, facetious, I'm being facetious, but ultimately, so, and I keep going back to this and, and I'm, I'm genuinely not trying to be a killjoy. But um, the Oscars, the Grammys, a lot of these award shows were created by white people to support white people. On that night, it was the 95th, no, sorry, 85th Academy Awards. Am I correct, Dan? It was the 85th 90th, Academy Awards, 90th, right? 90th. Oh, the 90th, sorry. The 90th Academy Awards. 9-0, guys, 9-0. These award shows have multiple, multiple categories, right? On that night, only the second woman ever 
won Best Actress who was not white. Mm. On that same night, the first black woman ever won two Oscars. And it was for costume design mm. for Black Panther. So these awards are not for us. We've se- I don't know if you saw the, the article in Variety. Once again, <laughs> Variety keeps spilling the tea. Did you see the article that dropped just before the Oscars? Say the same story about... about Similar thing where uh, some white guy who votes was like, yo, Viola Davis needs to sit down every time these people, these black women want to talk. Nah, 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 nah. Then the funny thing is like, after saying like, she didn't even deliver good acting performance. These actresses deliver better performance. Then towards the end of his quote, yeah, I didn't even watch Woman Queen anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you went on this tirade and you haven't even watched the movie. So guys, they're telling you, we do not care about your niggas. So then why are your niggas getting annoyed that the white people don't want you eating at their table? I, 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 I don't want to be a negative Nancy because I do understand as an actor, it's hard to divorce yourself from the pinnacle of your, uh, of your craft, craft um. being the, the Oscars because that's what they're positioned as. But you also have to realize they were never made for you. So you have two options. And I hate to quote Tyler Perry, but Tyler Perry actually has the apt quote for this. He was like, yo, either you beg for a seat at the white man's table or you build your own table. Phil, I am an, I'm, I, I am, there's nothing you've said that's wrong. But the fact that it's there and yes, having knowing all the reasons and the diversity issues and all of that, the question is, who deserved it? Who did deserve? It? That's what we're discussing. Because so uh, to to and and to and to answer that question, to be fair, um, you know, maybe I need to watch them both again. I did appreciate the. I think for me, what always irks me and I struggle to get over is how bad the African accents are in Black Panther. Fair. But so even when she says, I have given everything. I'm just, like, it's a powerful performance, but it's still in a weird accent. It kind of throws me off. I mean, it improved. First of all, it improved greatly in, in this new Black Panther. So shout out to them. Secondly, the reason why. So I, I suppose everyone has their own criteria and maybe the Academy Awards have their own criteria and whatever. But to me, um, I'm looking at the emotional like, what emotions do you make me feel? So if Jamie Lee Curtis is supposed to make me feel sad, did I feel sad? If supposed to make me laugh, did I laugh? If Angela Bassett is supposed to make me feel like she's genuinely lost her children and she is distraught, this juxtaposition of having so much power but feeling powerless, I was, I was sold hook, line, and sinker. I was in there. I was wiping tears from my eyes. I was like, damn, for real, queen. Also, when she died, man, you see her eyes closed? They didn't even twitch. Mm. That's just being a bit facetious. But long story short, I did think that was a, like a powerful performance because it was somewhat over the top, but it didn't feel over the top. It, like it just, to me, I was, I was sold. I was like, that's it. So, and I, I mean, it was supporting actress, right? So it wasn't someone who had like a lot of screen time and whatever. And to me, Angela Bassett had more impact than Jamie Lee Curtis did, even though she did. I mean, she had a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool supporting role in everything, everywhere, all at once, which I can't take away too much away from because I loved that movie. I loved it. 
that's I, like I and I stand by it. That is probably my favorite movie of all time. So that's another thing. Like that movie is mind bendingly good, especially when you see how they made it, fam. Those guys had a MacBook, <laughs> an Adobe subscription, ah, Philip, of and, all a lo- and a lot of mushrooms. Aye, sure. Ah. I'm speaking for hot takes, man. They're making me itch, bro. Dude, it's not a hot take, Dan. I watched that movie six months ago. I've watched it twice now. I mean, of all time, six months is not enough time. It's a hot take. It's a it's a scorching. (laughs) I'm itching. Okay, okay. In 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 your estimation, which movies would you rank higher than everything? I don't know yet. I need time to think about it. (laughs) Dan, how much time do you need? Is this why it took you so long to get married? Is this what you're doing? Like, hold on. <laughs> I need to figure this out. It didn't take me long. I was in a relationship <laughs> for two years. I was engaged for one year. Less than a year. Just under a year. You you um, know what I mean. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Stop being obtuse. Stop being obtuse. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Bagged seven Oscars, I believe. Um, and well-deserved best movie of 2022 for me. I don't know about all time, but it's definitely up there. I'll think. I, I need to think. That's a, that's a, that's a tough. Whew. Hey. Oh, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. But absolutely brilliant movie. And I, I loved, I loved the, the emotional, like, blowback that came afterwards from Michelle Yeoh. From Ken, what's his name? Um, the the, the emotional blowback. What what do you mean? What happened? No, not blowback's the wrong word. Like the emotional um, reactions. Let's put it that way. The reactions that they had oh. afterwards. Um, you know, Asians in the spotlight. We'll get our time mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, that's true. That, <laughs> that's true. But I think I think uh, definitely K. Hu Kwan's story is dope because yes, uh, for those you don't know. He broke out with the Goonies and then he did um, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Lost Skull. And then he pretty much had no work for dang near 30 years. He was working behind the scenes and his wife just kept supporting him. And he had a powerful, powerful thing. Um, If you do listen to podcasts, I'd advise you to check out Michelle Yeoh's interview on Mark Maron. It had been sitting in my queue list for quite a a while. I think like three weeks because it came out before the Oscars. Um, so yesterday on my walk, I decided to listen to it. Great story. She's got a great story, man. Um, so t- to be, to be honest, I believe Angela Bassett definitely got robbed and maybe she was owed a makeup Oscar. I, I would agree with you there in the same way. Like Denzel had been robbed for John Q. He had been robbed for, um, what is it called? Freedom. He had been robbed for another one. And then they finally gave it to him on training day, which I was never happy about because like training day, that's the one you give him for. But to, really? to, to be fair, like Jamie Lee also had been robbed for years. I don't know if robbed is the right word. I mean, she, I mean, clearly Halloween one, Halloween two, Halloween three, Halloween a 20, Freddy versus Jason. All of these are seminal roles that Jamie Lee Curtis was overlooked in. And how dare you? Then, I'm joking, but like I, she deserved it for my. I think Michael was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I need to watch it again as an adult. Your Michael used to make me cry so bad. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, and I mean, plus she's. I mean, she's been acting for 
decades. You know what I mean? Like decades. I, like maybe. Well, she she's a, she, she she she's a she's a nepo baby as well. That's another thing that people overlook is her parents were famous. She grew up in the industry. But uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, everything, everywhere, all at once for uh, such big wins. Um, Ish, they're really pushing cocaine bear. Tell you that. Um, Yo. <laughs> I did. I I just go. I just I just got it on the server. I need to watch it. <laughs> but I, I'm thinking maybe you should watch that with the patrons. Oh, guess what else I got? I got uh, fast watch with the patrons. Dan, is it the Mooty movie? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we were discussing this is the Patreon group just to let everyone else know since you're not in the group there's an upcoming movie uh, starring uh, Morgan Freeman let me pull it up here it's in our it's in our in our group and we we all agreed yeah yeah we have to watch this as a group I, I want to read the, the it's called the, the, the ritual the killer here it is I've got it, I've got it here it's called the ritual killer it's a, a, a thriller starring Morgan Freeman Cole Hauser Peter Stormare and Vernon Davies it says a detective on the verge of retirement teams with a professor of African studies to track down a serial killer who is performing the ancient black magic practice of Muti. <laughs> Dad, I just, I just, I just, I just went to a random scene and the caption reads, he's in a dark room and then the caption is, your man is a Sangoma. <laughs> yes! Yes! Uh, yes! <laughs> These are some of the benefits that you get to watch and enjoy when you join the Patreon group. Uh, oh my goodness. All right. Um, oh yeah. So th- just going back to that 10 situation, there's just one more other thing I wanted to mention. And it came from what you, something you said, Phil. And it, it applies to a, a broader discussion. It seems like it should be straightforward. Okay. Uh, yes, black woman who we support, love, we love her music, we love her vibe, but she did something that we think is inconsiderate, so we're calling out as inconsiderate. The problem is the opposite view, the um, racist, you know, extreme right, um, white supremacists will almost seize onto every little thing like that as, a, as you can see this uncouth race or whatever, which to be fair, I didn't see being overtly said, but I did see a lot of people saying, well, mm -hmm, what do you, as you can see, like you could sort of see that "Mm, this is what those kind of people would want to say. And that kind of drives me to, it drives me to want to then have the opposite opinion. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to parrot talking points that you use. And that's the sad thing, right? That's like, you have these two super diametrically opposed ideologies and the truth of the matter is that they're both at extremes and somewhere in them, it's probably not in the middle. It's probably leaning way close uh, dude, to one side. No, Dan, but you, you just said what, what you did there is as well. Like it's conditionally right. What's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong. Yes, you're right. Just because- that, that, you're right. You're absolutely right. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, if Andrew Tate is right on a sentence that he says, you're not going to hear me say it. I'm not no, going to come, I'm not gonna come and that, say that statement is right. Because did you that's, see that vi- that's his did you whole, see that video? That's his whole, his whole thing is, if I say enough right things and put in there some wrong things, and I don't want to show support. I don't want to uh, um, parrot talking points is essentially what I'm trying to say. So yes, for example, 
you know, I could sit here and say, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of women taking advantage of men. But I'm going to be careful saying that because I know it's a talking point that's being used by the red pillars and whatever, whatever. I'm not going to say the opposite. But I am going to be careful what I verbalize. Because I know that it can be, it can, it's in this politically uh, um, divided, and, and divided is even a, 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 a soft word for what the world is. Every statement is an agenda. So I, can, I could see people who probably would agree in a vacuum that yes, that was inconsiderate. But because I'm speaking in public and I know them, them others is watching, I'm showing full 100% support to Thames. Thames, what you did was right. And I disagree with that. I don't think that's the right way to do things. I disagree with that. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. But this is the political climate we live in. And it's, it's so frustrating that it can no longer just be, I think this is right. I think this is wrong. It's now, I think this is right, which means you support. Or I think this is wrong, which means you. But, and, and, that, and that's just a microcosm we, of we, how we, so we, many we, other things are. But, but. Once again, what, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. You can still point out an issue or have the freedom to point out an issue. Granted, not on Twitter because there's no room for nuance there. But just in general life. Like, yeah. you, can, you, you can say, yo, like I, like I said, loved the dress, looked amazing. However, I would have taken it off. Now, if you just so happen to agree with the right winger, just because we agree on one topic does not mean politically we agree. No. It's just we have intersected on one thing. You know what I mean? That does not mean that everything that we do is agree. And that's the other thing is because everything's so polarized, it's now this blanket thing where if I agree with you on one or two things, I now have to agree with you on everything. No. There are sometimes we may agree on the first thing. Do you know what else right-wingers like to do, Dan? They might like to eat. They might enjoy a beer. They might like going, going out. I don't eat coffee. anything anymore. I don't drink beer. <laughs> you see? And you've touched on my point. This this it's this a, does segue nicely into uh, the the issue that you brought up earlier about the use of the word woke. Mm. Dan, what does woke mean? Uh, 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 uh. So, <laughs> okay, first and foremost, let's just let's just run to the clip. I think let's start with the clip. The clip is there's no other better way to introduce. Okay, please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, someone is a. So, so a right wingers on news, they they're protesting against the woke mob, and then someone asks a very important, a very difficult question. A, a, Dan, a stumper, she got up with this tough, tough question. Mm. Let's go. Let's go to the tape. And of Americans consider themselves very liberal, and probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when when well, we what does that mean to you? Right- could, could, would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times, and I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is sort of the idea that um, I this is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to totally reimagine and redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, Sorry, I it's it's hard to explain in a fifteen second soundbite. Yeah, take look your it, time. And for Americans, considering that's the the best part about take it. your she's time. Like, <laughs> she's like, I will. I I just go man. You don't know how it's a long interview. Take, take your, your time. time. Take when your you time. Even woke po- mob. Mm. 
pull out a sketch pad, write it down even. It's fine. That is, that's such an interesting, you may have seen this whole, and American politics right now is so polarized, so crazy, but a lot of it is focused on this whole concept of woke. I think when the word was first used, right? The definition was somewhat clear, i.e. be aware of system, systemic problems, be aware of uh, the influence of oppression and so on. It's just being aware as opposed to being asleep. Um, as time moves on and, you know, the right-wingers or the white people, whatever you want to call them, start claiming things, they started trying to murk up to becloud the crystal clear waters of our discourse. And now look, you see, that's why they'll be like, ah, oh, wokeness, woke, the wokeness is a virus. Ask that person who says wokeness is a virus. Like, what do you mean by that? What, what is wokeness? What does it mean? Mm. Well, if, if it wasn't a dead one, it's negative. All forms of negative. Because then you must just say it. <laughs> that reminds me, who's that, who's that black actor who was on that show and you could just see he was tired about this whole debate about the N-word. And he says, say it. And like, oh, I can't say it. No, you can say it right now. As a matter of fact, I will say it with you. What's his name? <laughs> Do you, have you seen that clip? Is that, are you not talking about the news clip? Yes, it was, was a news clip where he was like, in this news d- debate about the N-word. Uh, he, he was, he, 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 uh, I think that's um, Mark Lamont Hill. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's what you must do. Just say it. Yeah. Say it, guys. Funny, funny enough. So, so the other day, I was, I, was, I, was, I was on Al Jazeera just hoping to see a preview, just hoping to see when it was coming out. <laughs> and guess who I saw pr- promoting a, a show? That very man, Mark Lamontillo. You and Al Jazeera now? Interesting. <laughs> so, anyway, it's, it's, it's actually frustrating. And if you spend so much, if you spend a lot of time paying attention to the zeitgeist of the world, you can get really frustrated because what the hell, man? Like everything is, like no one is, no one is, everyone is being disingenuous. No one is being genuine. Everyone is trying to push an agenda. Everyone is, oh, so you're saying that and without even trying to understand. It's just, it's frustrating. <sighs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Let's move on, Philip. But, Dan, what does woke mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, descri- I, I already, ah, I already described it. It means not sleep. Don't be sleep. Um, some gaga 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 stories, so, guys. All right. So, exciting are, are news. We, are we discussing the Zimmers? What's that, Philip? No, no, carry on, carry on. All right. I was saying uh, the Zimbabwe Music Awards uh, came out and made an announcement about the Zima Awards coming up, uh, happening at Seven Arts Theatre in Avondale on the 3rd of June. Uh, They announced the categories. They announced uh, that it's now time to start submitting your works. Um, and it will be running under the theme Reimagining the Industry. Here's a full list of categories. Song of the Year, Best Female Artist of the Year, Best Male Artist of the Year. <sighs> I'm sorry. It's, is it best or... Do you get what I mean? Like Best Female Artist or Female Artist of the Year. Like It feels redundant to say Best Female Artist of the Year. But anyway, it's not like it's inaccurate. No, Dan, it, just feels it should be Best Female Artist of the Year who is also a woman in 2022 to 2023. That's what it should be. It should, it should be Best Outstanding Top Female Artist of the Year last year 
in 2022 in music. Um, where was I? Mm-hmm. Song of the year, best female artist of the year, best male artist of the year, best group or duo of the year, best newcomer of the year, best album of the year, best Zim Dancehall, best Sungura, best Afropop, Afrofusion, best hip hop, best collaboration, best contemporary gospel, best traditional gospel, best R&B and soul, best jazz, best dance. That includes House, Amapiano, Kwaito, and EDM. I don't think those should be grouped together, but anyway, mm. best Chibilika, best traditional, best traditional. First one is best traditional Chinakare, Chimurenga, and then best traditional Wait. folk, Ezum, Dabu, Imbube. Best alternative, producer of the year, best music video, best videographer, best diaspora artist, and lifetime achievement. Have you noticed, Phil, that our category is not there? Mm, it hasn't been there for a while. It's, it's interesting. Mm. It's continued. Actually, you know, dude, now that we know the person in charge, we should ask for our trophy. We still haven't got it. <laughs> you call her. I, I had to speak to earlier this week. You call her. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are wondering, uh, Tubok Trumbos is the proud holder of a Zima Award for Best Online Media in 2015. And we still haven't received our, our goal. Was it 2015 uh, or 2016? Uh, maybe 2016. I was tricked. I was tricked. They gave it to us and then they said, please give it back so we can inscribe your name on it. I was like, ah, thanks. I told you not to. And then I told you not it. to. I told you not to because you are not woke. You are not woke. I'm a trusting man. What can I say? I'm a trusting man. Well, we look forward. We're, we are going to, of course, when it happens, we will be there. Like ZBC News, mm-hmm. and we'll give you an update of what's going on at the Zimbabwe Music Awards. So, uh, so he, here's something that people are, have, have somewhat overlooked. They've now delayed them because normally these are at the beginning of the year. Yeah. The, the Zimmers are going to be in the dead of winter. That is, the red carpet is going to be a mess. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll be, we'll be looking different. It'll be nice. I like it. Um, I know my wife will be excited because after the numbers, she was like, oh, so when's the next one? Uh, well, now I can give her a date. Although I have to temper her <laughs> expectations. Uh, the Zimas <laughs> did say that they're looking to become the pinnacle of music award ceremonies in the country. So let's see what happens. Keeping in mind, uh, music, uh, look, hey, the Champions League final, which is going to be happening in Istanbul, is going to be featuring a performance by none other than, yeah, 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 Mr. Burna Boy himself. Um, I think this is fascinating. So, um, at the final kickoff show, I guess before the, oh yeah, it precedes the final. So, just before the final, um, we're going to be seeing, there's going to be a whole lineup of artists, including Burner Boy. So that's, that's going to be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Istanbul in the final is going to be uh, Real Madrid and Napoli. Napoli is going to win by three goals to one. Do you know that there's a new television station coming to Zimbabwe, Phil? What are they going to put on it? What, what are they? No, I, I'm I'm not I'm not everybody. Like, what are they going to put on it? It's not like right now there is an overflow of TV grade content, and these TV stations are like, gosh, 
we really have so much stuff. We, we can't even afford to do repeats. We're just, you know, we're just going plowing through. It's, it's first time broadcast for everything because if you miss it, that's it because we have so much quality content. In a public notice, the Zimbabwe Broadcasting Corporation informed the public <laughs> to take notice that in terms of section, section one of the Broadcasting Services Act, the Zimbabwe Broadcasting Corporation publishes its license for the provision of a new television channel called Zimbabwe National Television, a.k.a. ZNTV. Not to be confused with Zimbabwe Television, ZTV. So now ZBC is going to have three TV stations. That's ZTV, ZNTV, and Jive TV. Have you watched Jive TV before? I didn't even know about it until you just mentioned it. Where's this available? Where do I find where, where do I find this? I, I no, and I'm genuine. No, I, I know where to find 3K TV. I, I know where to find ZTN. I don't know. I, I don't know where I don't where like where do I access these stations? I don't even like just genuinely <laughs> ask you. I don't even need to know the lineup. Just tell me how do I watch this TV station? Where is it available? Where? Phil Phil, I just read it now. Okay. <laughs> Let's this week that will be our goal to find Jive TV. Um, mm. <laughs> look, we, I guess we need more television stations. So uh, we have no indication right now of what's going to be on the TV station. Um, I get the feeling that it's going to be very Hondo Yeminda. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, let's see what happens. All right, Phil. Why do you have a question about towels? Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know if you watch ESPN, but there's a host called Dan Olofsky. So there was an NFL player who tweeted about changing towels. And he asked, yo, how often do you guys change your towels? And then Dan Olofsky said, I don't know, I maybe showered 30 times before I change my towel. Uh, to which all the black people in the timeline were like, ugh. And all the, all the white people were like, what do you mean? That sounds reasonable. Um, and then some men were on, on both sides. So I just wanted to check in with you, Dan. How often do you change your towel? Well, since I got married, it's a lot more frequent. Um, before getting married, I would okay. say, I'd say weekly. How you got married is a miracle. You're disgusting. Ugh. What do you mean? Weekly. Yeah, I would say like around about, yeah, laundry day every week. That's when, that's when the towel would be changed. Wait, well, how many times do you change your towel? towel three times a day after breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Uh, no, once. I, pr- I probably do two, two three on, days. On, on, the, on the rare occasion, maybe twice, but it's mostly yeah, once a day. You're a nasty man. Oh, let so me wait, guess. Wait, whoa, 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 you, whoa, you, you whoa, shower, whoa! You shower whoa, seven times whoa, a day. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me guess. Whoa. You shower. You shower whenever Dan, you think too you, hard Dan, because okay, sweat. No, Dan, stop being silly. Dan, stop being silly. You've lived with me. You know how often I shower. How often? So, you shower? I don't know how often you shower. I don't watch when you go. My to question shower. here is: at twi- tw- twice a day, at least twice a day, maybe sometimes once a day. But are you telling That's me what you I go said. to bed <laughs> with today on you? So you, you go to bed 
and cuddle with your your poor wife smelling like your namas from your morning meetings you see when i when i do feel like i'm smelling or i'm feeling sweaty then i'll shower twice i eat just before bed but as a general rule i sit in an air conditioned office i have no problems with feeling like namas I get to, I get to, in fact when I get home I still Dan, smell ah, as Dan, fresh and pristine as I did when I left the house in the morning. Now Dan, I want to I want to boy. I want to address something. This so is, this you go you go great. you go you go into the bed. You go into the bed with outside germs, brah. Oh, you're a nasty boy. Oh, you're nasty. No, no. So I'm sorry Phil. You are the one who's nasty here by projecting your issues here. Let me tell you something. Showering once a day is healthy. Twice a day? Hey, no harm in being extra clean mm. trying to mm. to posit or to make it seem that it's nasty or dirty to shower once a day i'm sorry that's that's problematic eh? that's problematic and mm. uh, I, nah, you're also a nasty boy. Uh, knowing you a little bit you you're, you're you're somewhat of a selective germaphobe so I can understand that this bothers you. Yeah, because there's some things that don't bother you and some <laughs> things that do bother you. It's not like it's not like across the board. Um, like what then? Like what then? Was that? Like what? I mean, you know, you'll eat food from questionable locations. You know? Um <laughs> You let's let's say I've seen the traffic that makes its way, you know. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> look at you, nasty, nasty man. This, this is this is what you have to resort to. Uh, <laughs> I'm not resorting to anything. You're the one who asked for definitions. I was keeping it very generic, very open. But anyway, my point is, mm-hmm. if someone if someone practices. Good healthy hygiene. That's good enough. There's I, I I actually look down on people who try to apply a judgmental tone to oh you only shower once a day you so dirty oh you get in the bed with your outside clothes on it's okay to have those it's okay to have those standards for yourself but you must recognize that it's not normal. It's okay. It's okay to say hey I care so much about germs that even before I go into my bedroom I want to remove my outside clothes. That's also okay. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. But that's not a normal, healthy, everyday behavior. That's taking it a little extreme, not to an unhealthy extent. Uh, absolutely. I'm not saying it is. But like, recognize that you're the anomaly. The other, the mm-hmm. other extent of, no, no, it's, you, don't need, you only need to shower once every two weeks. Hey, if that's what you want to be your standard, just recognize that you're the anomaly and probably a little dirty and like, you know, probably smile a little bit. Normal, everyday behavior is to shower once a day. Nasty. By the way, I used to shower in the evenings before, before going fine. to bed. Okay. Uh, I recently changed to morning showers. The reason I changed to morning showers is because uh, Zesa has been off the whole day. So in the evening, the water is not you know, as piping hot as I would like it to be. It's... Uh, it's this country of yours. Yo, shout out to the new geezer. Yo, so wait, uh, wait. Uh, the, the, this, this is the so the new what? Um, I, I had to go. I had to go. I had to go like two months without without hot water because the geezer. Uh, 
um, died and it, it took a while to get it replaced. And the new Giza, literally, I turn it on on Monday. The water will still be hot on Wednesday. I don't know how it does it. It, it is amazing. It's amazing. And it's piping. It's piping do, hot. Do you, know, do, you, do you know how it does it? Hot showers. Let me tell you how it does it. It does mm. it uh, in this revolutionary method called not having a wife. It's just an, an incredible way of preserving hot water. No, I'm just joking. I think I, I, think I, <laughs> more hot water than I need to stop making deprecating jokes like that. I don't think, I think I use, because I now shower in the morning and I feel reluctant because, oh man, I got to go to the office. And then I normally end up with such a full, because I, I, I actually use a tub because the shower's upstairs. And Long story. But uh, yeah, I end up using way more water than I'm supposed to. And then that's also bad because, you know, then there's going to be no Zessa. This is what our listeners want. So I'd like want. to take this opportunity. Yeah, I just want to take this opportunity to publicly apologize to my wife for using too much hot water. Uh, and But we have two givers. So like you could also just use upstairs. Mm. Anyway, um, um, you, didn't, you didn't say how, how often do you change your towel? Um, I said like depends, but usually three, four days. How is that majorly different well, have, from once well, a week? It's literally twice as much if you do it once a week, Dan. Plus, I usually have two towels in rotation. I'll usually have a towel on the rack and a towel in the bedroom. So the towel I take off the rack after I shower, I then go to the bedroom, I then take the towel that's in the bedroom, put it back on the rack so that I always have a dry towel. Because sometimes, especially in winter, the towel won't dry. Or if, especially with the rainy weather, it, it won't dry in between showers. And the last thing I want yeah. is to take a shower and then wipe damp. myself with a wet towel. Ugh. That's just putting the germs on me. Yeah, the damp towels are nasty. Yeah, damp towels are nasty. Oh, do you have ornamental towels? No, that that I don't have. I am not a woman. No, no. My towels are very functional. Every towel I own is a functional towel. I don't have a decorative towel. My thing is like ornamental for whom? It's only us using our shower. Well, you get what I mean? <laughs> to be fair to my wife, she this has This is our worst episode ever. Ornamental this has towels. to be the worst episode we've ever <laughs> <laughs> no, these are valid concerns. Anyway, okay, let's 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 move forward. Let's move forward. Let's listen to some new music for <laughs> Oh wait, do you want some white people business? I have some white people business for you. Mm. Go ahead. So oh my god guys, as you may know, we had the Oscars this past weekend and uh, everyone's eyes were on who's gonna be there, who's wearing what, what are who are they with, etc. etc. Well, at an Oscars after party, there was an appearance of none other than Megan Fox, formerly most beautiful woman in the world. Amen. Anyway, um, if you have been following white people business for a while, then you might know that Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are engaged. But recently, they haven't been seen together. Ah! You know how a couple, like, every day, you, you know what happens, Phil? You know, when there's a couple that, are, that love each other loud on social media, like our, our guy that we're always noticing, that we're always sending screenshots in, the, in that other group. They love each other loud, you know? Every day, hey, love you, babes. Hey, chi, post together. Hey, we, dr- we drank blood together today, etc., etc. This is what Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly were doing. And then all of a sudden, just see, ah, co- I mean, 
you know, we didn't gate crush your relationship. You put it in front of our face. So what's going on now? Well, that's what's been going on for the past couple of uh, weeks now, I believe. Anyway, at the Oscars after party, for the first time, Megan Fox was seen without her engagement ring. <gasps> no. What, what about uh, what about the the blood vial? Don't don't they have? Oh no, they the, they drank each other's. Yeah, blood. yeah, they, they drank each, the blood. Yeah, they drank each other's yeah. blood. So th- the reason the breakup rumors started circulating is, like I said, they stopped posting about each other, and then uh, Megan posted on her Instagram uh, a lyric from Beyonce's song "Pray You Catch Me." called you can taste oh i mean the the quote that she put out was you can taste the dishonesty it's all over your breath and then she started deleting pictures of machine gun kelly from her social media (gasps) no but she went onto her social media afterwards just like oh guys guys relax man no one said anything about a breakup what that lyric could have meant anything it could be humans ai bots Succubus demons, apparently is what she said. Anyway, um, the status of that relationship remains unclear. But girlies and boys, after this past weekend and her not being seen with an engagement ring, I think, I think we can all come to a conclusion here that they're going to have to throw up the blood that they drank. Oh, no. So, yeah, so that's some white people's business sad. for you there. I'm, I'm broken. I'm broken, Dan. <sighs> If Machine and Megan don't make it, then what hope do we have? Do you know what I'm saying? They were an iconic couple that really knew how to love each other right. You know, wholesome white love. That sounds, that sounds, why does that sound racist? Wait, why does that sound racist? This is not right. No, 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 guys, come on. If I said wholesome black love, all you would think is, oh, wholesome white love. Now I'm just imagining like a KKK rally or something. Ish. <laughs> anyway. Um, All we want is wholesome white love. <laughs> but the next. <laughs> All right. We've got some brand new music. Uh, we had a debate over this song together with Philip. So I'm going to play it and I want to hear y'all's opinion on it. So uh, his name is Dre's uh, full name, Dumisani Maraire. We featured him on the podcast before. He's got a brand new song come out uh, that is called Majita, uh, AKA Thank You. Uh, let me play it first then we discuss our opinions of it check it out Turntables and mic, yo, let's get it. Boys lip syncing they shows, this thing is different. Dudes really wife and these strippers, man, I don't get it. I just SMH and stay in my lane. Meanwhile, Nina Simone turning over on the grave like these can't be the ones that came from Luther. And these can't be the kids that Whitney said was the future. Iron shoppers, iron, lion breed, lion. Pops was a freedom fighter, what you think that I am? Prophesying the end of this thing like a mind. The way forward is back. Now I'm trapped in this generational gap. So I came with this ancestral art. Like that shit nice head, I'm just trying to do my part. I've been Christ with it, y'all just getting on me. I'd have popped in 04 if I took that dope money weight. Shout out to the singers bringing RB back. I'm tired of to them old school tunes and young raps Like John Henry, I lay on them tracks I only got one seed, my pull-up method is mean, nigga, facts huh. 
what you heard, my niggas is fathers We help them straighten out their roots, Madam C.J. Walker I love pumpkin pie, so black folks throw me shade I lose cred till they find out my wife's name It's wordplay, nigga, this is black love for real I never whistle out a white chick, I'm in Mateel My splash won't buy him a ring, I'm not sealed Or Cosby, buying them drinks, slipping them pills D screaming, Dre, tell them how it feel, nigga Like it's 16, 19, and we pulled up in Virginia like it's Juneteenth Okay, 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 okay. What, do you, what do you think, Philip? Dre's, what do you think? It's okay, it's cool. Not, not a huge fan? I got like, okay, um, let me try and explain what I like about it. Um, I like, there's, there's, a, there's a difficult to define vibe of a song, right? To me, the beat is, uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's got a little Kabarimba vibe to it and whatever, and that's, and, and you know, whatever the sample is in the back and the, and the, and the bass line. Yeah, it's cool. And his lyrics are like, they're dope, you know, but it's not like completely mind blowing. But somehow when all put together, the vibe on it just has me bouncing like, okay, okay. And you know, for me, I, I, I quite enjoy that song. Mm. I, I, I'm mad at you for enjoying it. Like I said, it's, it's cool. It's just, I mean, I mean, you know, it's just, you need a top tier for, for our listeners. Okay. Um, how is this song? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm. his name is Baga. the song is called taekwondo uh the reason people have been checking for him is because a couple of months ago he released this song seemingly out of nowhere uh we played it on this podcast as well Wait, sorry, not that song. Uh, this song. So yeah, so when that song was a, like it's a, a smash hit like on radio and uh, uh, in the in the I guess media side of hip hop circles. So yeah, he came out with that brand new song called Taekwondo and uh, I'm vibing to it as well actually. So I don't know what you think. No, I like Bugger. Bugger's dope. Um, shout out to DJ Tamuka. It's one of Tamuka's artists. So he's actually been pushing him for quite a while. He was, he, he's been on my case hmm. to get 
to get a few of my artists in the studio with him. So I heard, I heard the Tupac Shakur song. He's actually got a, a bunch of other items because I'm just scrolling through now that um, Tamuka played me a while ago that I still haven't dropped. So he's got a full clip. Uh, so it's going to be a long year. And I'm really, really, really happy to, at the state of what Zimbabwe is in. If you guys could just start getting the business, the business side of it in order, things would be great. But the music that's coming out right now, ah, fire. Fire stuff. Tupac Shaku. Tupac Shaku. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, that's what I had. You got anything new? I have plenty. Um, let's see. Where do I want to go? Uh, okay. And I, I was going to play that, but I didn't want to. Let's start over here. There's some new MFR souls. Have you have you heard the new song with with that and the veteran of the podcast, Amos? Let me skip ahead a little. What do you think, Dan? That sounds dope. Sounds very dope. dope. Trey yeah. dope. Uh, Utando, right? Utando part two. Utando 2.0. Yeah. Then also, um, he was he was in the country just a few a few weeks ago. We were, we were rolling around. I showed him the sights and sounds. Wait. Then I, did I tell the story of Simba when he was in Zim on the podcast? Nope. He told me. Ah, okay. So um, I'm going to play a song right now, but um, great uh, young artist called Simba. You might remember from the hit Rover. He's actually uh, a veteran of the Zimbabweans doing it big um, a couple years back. So he was in Zim. I was showing him around. Um, and uh, I think one of the advantages of being outside, Dan, is when you're outside, the DJs start to, like, they always show support. And then when they saw Simba, they'd always do this thing where, um, Simba would roll up we, we, we get our table or whatever Then they start playing Simba's music And the weird thing is Every time that happened The whole club Would start singing the song So Rover The song um, that he's got with KSI And They clearly knew it and they were vibing And Simba would be standing right there And not one person recognized him And I was like That must be such a surreal feeling mm, Yeah <laughs> But also dope where like the whole club knows your song, but they don't know what you look like. Catch twenty two, but Simba's a great, 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 uh, great, great artist, great kid. It was great linking with him. We, uh, hopefully, we'll be doing some stuff in the future. But he also is very keen on 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 doing a lot of stuff with artists back here. So he linked up with Zimbabwean artist Mayton. For those of you who don't know, Mayton is uh, Mr. Brown's little brother. And Blackie, and last week they dropped a song called Stuck. Dan, have you heard it yet? Nope.
Okay, you got it, baby, don't stop Oh, yeah, oh, even if you turn your back yeah, I still fight I still feel out of pressure I'm still stuck with you And even if you feel like you Then why stop you Snipping it off with my eye Oh, you know they might tell me I love face, I swear Broke your heart out there There we go. There we go. There we go. Ah, uh, Crims, you got to work yeah. today. Uh, <laughs> oh, sounds dope. Sounds dope. Sounds dope. Uh, you got something to end the pod with? Uh, I think in a sad moment, let's end it with the Nkalakata remix. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. We were going to do something for for Costa Titch. Ish, man. Ah. Nope, I'm not thinking about it. I am all good. Everything is great. That's just a sad thing that happened that doesn't affect me in any way, mentally or emotionally, except making me feel slightly sad at the thought. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Two Broke Twimbos. Uh, We appreciate your feedback. If you enjoy anything we've done, if you even chuckled or laughed or smiled, Drop us a five-star review on uh, whatever app you use to listen to Two Broke Twimbos. Go check out twobroketwimbos.com forward slash donate just for you to be able to click on, and, you know, become a Patreon subscriber. It's only $5 a month. We would really appreciate it. It helps us to keep the podcast going. It helps us to pay our producer. Uh, it helps us to, um, you know, organize our, our, our equipment and make sure that you have your podcast on time every week. Um, we appreciate the support that you have shown us. Uh, we were looking good on the chats last week. I saw you circulating that, Phil. So, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Please do follow us on the socials. Uh, my name is Danny, that guy. That other guy over there, his name is Phil Chard, that guy. And uh, you could look for Two Broke Twimbos, just as Two Broke Twimbos across all platforms. And, uh, uh, oh yeah, and drop us a comment, please, when you're leaving a review. Can you please just drop us a comment, uh, something that you found interesting, funny, or something you disagree with, whatever the case is. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of things that we talk about on here that I'm sure you have other opinions on. And we welcome your opinions. If you're a paid member, uh, a Patreon, we might even read your opinions on the podcast. Yeah, that's pretty much it, eh? Indeed, 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 indeed. Thank you guys so much. We really love it. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And as Dan said, if you can, please um, leave a review. It really does help. And also just share the podcast with whoever you think um, will enjoy it because it really does help us grow. It helps us get more advertisers. It helps us stay podcasting. It's been a really tough few months uh, globally. The podcast market is crashing even even though and somehow we continue to grow and we know that's because of our listeners. So we really appreciate you guys. So please help us stay on the air for only $5 a month. You can feed two struggling podcasters.
Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we're going to end this podcast with a, a, a brief tribute to fallen South African rapper, Costa Titch, um, who, by the way, was almost on this podcast. And then, um, you know, he turned it down because he was facing quite a bit of, uh, bit of pressure about, uh, you know, him being a white guy and a mainly black predominantly, you know, it was a whole thing. Um, Wait, what do you mean? It was almost on the podcast. Because do you remember when? Do you remember when he came for? Was it Unplugged or it was some other? I can't remember which event that he came for. So I I spoke to his manager about getting him on the podcast. And the manager was like, "Oh yeah, let me find out." And then uh, uh, the manager came back and was like, uh, "Yeah, he's kind of worried about doing interviews right now because everyone keeps asking him about the the whole um, appropriation thing, and he's like." Mm. It's like keeps answering the same questions over and over and over. I was like, okay. Mm. And I definitely was going to ask that question. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I didn't even say we're not going to ask that. I was like, okay. <laughs> so anyway, it is sad that we've lost him. And uh, yeah, we're going to end the podcast with something from there. But for now, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next one. We out. <laughs> okay. Do me a favor. But the hip hop you feel. But I'm on. Yeah. But no more. Yeah. We never yeah. die, yeah. we Okay, let's do like this. When they say they making money, they really talking that cap. Niggas say they ballin', they wrestling with the facts. Talking about bitches, they talking bitches we had. We don't buy them no bags. Touch them and send them back. They don't want me to ball. These rappers mad, they paying Ricky with fall Never shop at the mall, they wondering where the swag from It's in my blood, I got the shit from my dad, son Give it to my grandson Switch it up. That's facts Made so many friends in high places Ricky, Ricky, don't even need to rap So don't tell me about social media stats I'm God level Titans don't socialize with the rats, nigga Niggas say that they tired when I'm performing But I pull up to the show they promoting And I'm performing How many robberies should I buy until they realize That everything these niggas rap about really my real life? 16 bars make you a millionaire I could say a couple names but I'll leave it there now we making millions, cutting niggas' hair. Now we making millions, cutting niggas' hair. Mama Kuzanga Bangan, Begi Tabangan, Kerizeli Span, Push up, press up, Pan. Mama Kuzanga Bangan, Begi Tabangan, Kerizeli Span, Push up, press up, Pan. Teaching color gut, Wink, color gut, Wink, teaching color gut, Wink, color gut, Wink, teaching color gut, Wink, color gut, Ha, 
Yeah, I know I'm hot, yeah, ooh Wutum Lilo, eh, I'ma take your spot, yeah, ooh Make that booty pata pata in the dark, yeah, ooh I done been in color, got that from the start R.I.P. Mendoza, manje se, mulova, manje ba No more na hate on me, uzo bono ngustu Take these rappers to school, ma se prema tu pool Drop the top, coop, coop, ooh they full of juke Umamang kuzang gabangan, begi kabangan Kherizeli span, push up, press up, pan Umamang kuzang gabangan, begi kabangan Kherizeli span, push up, press up, pan Kitchen kala gata, un kala gata 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 Schwarzenegger, Terminator The biggest player in the game, I should've signed with Sega No mistakes, no mistakes Sip the sour grapes, how it tastes, how it tastes Every time I dominate, I am the king of the jungle Julius Caesar, cancel my people, cancel your visa Nobody go enter, so I is king of God in the Eden And I'm at the center, the public protector Talk out your rectum, who's chilling my sim My middle finger stand tall for the flag All of y'all with a platform need a backbone, you trash how can I be the only one with the pinions and the radio on smash? Watermelon on tag, small politician, big man. Tag, exit. Mega, you the plug. I say Merry Christmas. Here's the number one. This is the Olympics. This a marathon. Wait till we go south. That's where I belong. Uma mankuza ngabangan, begi kabangan, kerizeli span, push up press up pan. Uma mankuza ngabangan. Begi kabangan, kari zeli span, push up press up pan. Kitchen color gat, un color gat. Kitchen color gat, un color gat. Kitchen color gat, un color gat. Kitchen color gat, un color gat.